Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 64 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is an examination of the SEC's FCPA settlement with two-time violator, Stryker. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Before we get started, two things. First, please... um, uh, comment and subscribe on our and rate on our uh, podcast, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, which is on uh, iTunes and Spotify, as well as other uh, platforms. And uh, please give your comments so that we can try to get other compliance professionals to learn about the uh, podcast and hopefully provide them important information. Second, I wanted to remind everyone about the ethics and compliance services we offer at my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group. We provide practical solutions for companies to design, implement, and manage their ethics and compliance programs. In the anti-corruption area, we provide ethics and compliance services to ensure compliance with the FCPA, the UK Bribery Act, and other applicable anti-corruption laws and regulations. Our goal is to enhance a company's anti-corruption compliance program in order to promote its ethical culture, adherence to applicable policies and procedures, and to maximize legal protection against potential enforcement by DOJ, the SEC, and the UK's Serious Fraud Office, as well as other foreign law enforcement agencies, including Brazil and others in Latin America. We've collaborated with companies large and small in a variety of industries to design, enhance, and implement effective anti-corruption compliance programs. We can help specifically your business to design and implement effective anti-corruption programs, assess existing policies and procedures in relation to the company's risk profile, recommend improvements to anti-corruption compliance programs, including third-party risk management, vendor-supplier risk management, invoice-to-payment processes, training programs, gifts, meals, entertainment and travel expense policies and procedures, merger and acquisition due diligence and integration, charitable gifts, and hiring of foreign officials' relatives. We also conduct risk and compliance program assessments and detailed testing and auditing projects uh, as well. If interested in our anti-corruption ethics and compliance services, contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. So now let's turn to Stryker Corporation as Stryker, we can't say strikes out because uh, they have two strikes now because they suffered their second FCPA enforcement action and now they bear the stigma of being an FCPA recidivist. So in reaching a recent settlement with the SEC, uh, not with DOJ, DOJ declined, and they agreed to pay a $7.8 million civil penalty, Uh, Stryker now will be subject to an SEC-imposed compliance monitor as well. So Stryker's recent set of violations surrounded books and records and internal controls violations and deficient accounting and compliance controls in three countries. India, China, and Kuwait. On October 24th, now let's go back 2013 to their original settlement, uh, Stryker agreed to pay approximately $13 million 
uh, to the SEC to settle its original FCPA enforcement action for violations of books and records and internal accounting controls stemming from payment of approximately $2.2 million in illegal bribes in Mexico, Poland, Romania, Argentina, and Greece. In this recent SEC enforcement action, Stryker appears to obviously violate have violated its internal controls and books and records in three different countries, that being India, China, and Kuwait. The bulk of the conduct cited by the SEC occurred in India and its relationships with its dealer uh, network for its products. So let's start first with India. And approximately 85% of Stryker India's revenues are generated from sales to private hospitals. And in an interesting twist to an improper funding scheme, Stryker's dealers, or they're, they're kind of like distributors in, in the same sense, regularly issued inflated invoices, which were requested by certain private hospitals, which in turn passed on the inflated costs to their patients or patients insurers. And the private hospitals retained the difference uh, between these inflated payments and a lower cost agreement to pay a striker dealer for the product. So in effect, Stryker was facilitating a bribery scheme that was paid through illegal reimbursement by the Indian government or by private Indian insurers. So Stryker India was cited for its failure to follow internal accounting controls and Stryker's code of conduct, which required, among other things, that Stryker take steps to ensure that all payments made to government or non-government officials, employees, and customers were proper and adequately documented. So Stryker's dealers in India were required um, to uh, follow a prohibition on making, requesting, or accepting any improper payments to government or non-government officials, employees, or entities. The contracts also obligated dealers to maintain complete and accurate records uh, relating to their promotion, marketing, use, and distribution of Stryker products. Finally, under its contracts with dealers, Stryker India held audit rights to inspect the books and records of any of the 198 dealers through which Stryker products were sold in India. So this becomes important because here, again, we, we see a company that's going to receive notice and red flags of problems, and the question is, how did they respond when they received this notice? So in 2012, Stryker received allegations of misconduct concerning some of its India dealers. In response, Stryker exercised its audit rights over three of the 198 dealers in India. The audits revealed deficiencies in financial record keeping and internal accounting controls in all three dealers. In addition, Stryker identified suspicious expenses in one dealer where the dealer was overbilling a hospital in response to a specific request by the hospital, thereby providing an important red flag and indication of the ongoing scheme. Instead of pursuing this red flag, an indication of improper payments, Stryker India did not investigate further, nor did Stryker India audit any other dealers. And here again is the failure to act in response to red flags. And we see this time and time again, like in the, in the Beam uh, 
SEC action, the Jim Beam SEC action, uh, was again in India a failure to respond to red flags. Here, in the Stryker case, the SEC specifically cited Stryker's failure in response to the three audits to conduct further audits of any of its dealers. By restricting its audits and remediation to the three dealers, Stryker failed to take appropriate action to verify, to even look at, other dealers' compliance with books and records and accounting controls. And notwithstanding the obvious red flags and the number of complaints about its dealers, Stryker took no action to to, to determine the scope of the dealer-inflated invoices until nearly three years later. So that was in 2012. So then in 2015, Stryker audited other dealers in India and discovered, lo and behold, that other dealers were also inflating invoices to private hospitals. Many private hospitals, it turned out, were routinely requesting Stryker India to provide inflated invoices to permit the private hospital to earn a windfall between the actual negotiated price with Stryker India and the amount paid by patients or their insurers. Stryker's audits also revealed that its India dealers did not adequately maintain their financial records and had provided questionable payments to healthcare professionals in violation of Stryker's code of conduct. So the SEC um, also cited Stryker's failure from 2010 to 2015 to maintain accurate books and records relating to payments to its dealers and to healthcare uh, professionals as well. Interestingly, the SEC noted that a forensic review of Stryker India's general ledger for the five-year period found a lack of documentation for 144 out of 533 transactions, so a little less than one quarter, which were selected as a sample of Stryker India's highest risk and compliance-sensitive accounts including consulting payments to to healthcare professionals, payments for travel and lodging for healthcare professionals, payments to event organizers, discounts on the price of Stryker products to dealers, commissions awarded to dealers, and marketing expenses. So it's interesting because out of this this sample that was taken from the high-risk accounts and uh, on the general uh, – on the trial balances – one, a little less than one quarter were found to be deficient. For many other high-risk transactions, Stryker India recorded payments with inaccurate or inadequate documentary support. For example, Stryker India paid commissions to dealers for which the supporting documentation did not provide a clear just- <clears throat> justification or the amount of such commissions exceeded Stryker India's commission guidelines, hence the overpayments which were then being passed on. Stryker India also failed to generate documentation for healthcare professional consulting payments and payments for healthcare professional travel. So the specific facts cited here relating to India and the sampling of transactions reveals an important and underscores an important compliance and auditing principle. When deficiencies are discovered in at least 20% of sample transactions, additional analysis and review of transactions, if not a full-out audit, should be completed. Such an error rate is a screaming red flag and demands a response and detailed inquiry. 
So now that's India, which was really the bulk of the enforcement action uh, here. And let's address just briefly the two other countries that were cited by the SEC in terms of Stryker's performance. In China, Stryker's subsidiary maintained at least 21 sub-distributors, which is a very common occurrence in China given uh, health, the distribution networks that are used in China for uh, pharmaceuticals and medical devices. And 21 sub-distributors of Stryker's uh, Sonapet, it's called the, the name of the product, that were not vetted, approved, or trained as required by Stryker's policies. Stryker China employees work directly with these unauthorized sub-distributors, and other times they falsified records to hide the involvement of the unauthorized sub-distributors. And the use of the sub-distributors here and the inadequate documentation is a reminder that was underscored in another case of Panasonic Avionics, where uh, the uh, business was using sub-distributors who were not recognized or not maintained on the system and not approved through the third-party risk management program. So let's go to another country. The final country was Kuwait. And here, there's an interesting uh, point here, which is in Kuwait, Stryker relied on one primary distributor that sold Stryker's orthopedic products to the Kuwait Ministry of Health. Over a two-year period from 2015 to 2017, the Kuwait distributor made over $32,000 in improper per diem payments to Kuwaiti healthcare professionals to attend Stryker events despite the fact that Stryker paid the costs for lodging, meals, and local transportation for these individuals. Stryker failed to implement any policies to test or otherwise assess whether the Kuwait distributor would allow the company also to exercise its audit rights. The Stryker enforcement action then uh, demonstrated the importance of mitigating distributor and sub-distributor risks the need for proactive and responsive auditing programs that resolve potential issues based on further investigation and testing. So the striker uh, second strike enforcement action shows again the importance of maintaining third-party risk management, particularly in the pharmaceutical and medical device industries when you have distributors and sub-distributors operating in uh, these kinds, these jurisdictions. So that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.vocoflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at vocoflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your
Thank you.